It's the Big Wake Up Call. I'm Ryan Gatenby, and it is that time once again when we head on over to the World News Center and visit with Bill McCormick. Bill, good morning. Good morning. How are you on this wonderful and happy day? I could not be better, and by that I mean I'm lying. <laughs> I have coffee, so I'm good to go. Fantastic. Yeah, That's I'm all it takes for you. Simple, Simple pleasure, simple things. I, I am a simple man. There's no other way around it. Very good. Uh, so what are we going to talk about? Want to talk about movies? No, I don't want to talk about movies anymore. <laughs> no. Do- <laughs> We're done with pop culture entertainment for a little bit. Oh, okay. Uh, let's, let's talk about something that's uplifting, that'll bring all, like families will want to bring their kids in to get gather around the radio, just like an FDR fireside speech. Ooh. Um, you, you, you're just going to feel the love here. Okay, um, I'll, I'll watch my language. Yeah, the um, World Wildlife Federation, which involves 59 scientists from across the globe, um, has been doing a thing where they been doing this survey to see what's going on in the animal and insect and fish populations of the planet as much as they can. I mean, they can't go 10,000 feet under the sea and look for everything, but they can do pretty good. Yeah. So anyway, they said from 1970, which is when the, the survey originally began, to around 2019, 60% of all animal, insect, and fish life had been killed off the planet and was extinct they weren't coming back 60 percent that's insane yeah it's um it's actually having it's having um real effects on um wildlife diversity it's having effects on uh, produce it's having effects on uh, agriculture because things that normally would you know uh, um, uh what am i looking for the manure in the soil you know for you know vegetable manure protein um Sure, absolutely. It's a cycle, and and this, you know, insect exists because it population control, but then it's also food for that. So right now, should I be um, ashamed of of the mouse I killed because I didn't want him in my kitchen? Maybe not go that far, but uh, there's plenty of mice to go around. Yeah, uh, exactly. There are a lot of things like ferrets are a rapidly declining population. Really? Yeah, we're going to circle back on that, actually. Okay. Um, But... um, Groundhogs are starting to die out. Um, there's several species of deer that are dying out because they're not all some little bambies. There's all these. There used to be this variety of deer, and now it's become you know survival of the fittest, um, mostly because of human encroachment. And that's all. You know, absolutely. I had deer in my backyard. I didn't see them, but the only reason I knew it were, were their giant droppings. And you normally wouldn't see deer in a suburban neighborhood, but you're right. We're, we're pushing them further and further away because we're destroying their habitat. Right. And and we're also forcing them into tighter and tighter, tighter and tighter locales. Um, yeah. So they're kind of getting on top of each other. And that has caused a problem that uh, this is not something I thought I'd ever say, but... Um, in Luongo uh, Park in Gabon, Africa, they have a problem there. No one has a clue how to deal with. The monkeys and the chimpanzees in the in the uh, park have declared war on the gorillas. Whoa! And I mean, oh my we're gosh, talk, we're talking killing them. It's the monkeys and the chimps versus the gorillas. No, just the chimps, but yeah, chimps and gorillas. Okay. Um, they've existed peacefully for hundreds, thousands of years um, because they um, they share. Uh, they share the habitat. They they would used to get things for each other. You could see a monkey, you know, grab grab a fruit and give it to the gorilla, and the gorilla yeah. would grab something off a tree and give it to the well, monkey. Well, now, now you're bringing up monkeys again, but you mean oh, sorry, chimps. sorry, chimp, chimpanzee. It's confusing. 
I am so sorry. Like Curious George is confusing. He's not a monkey. He doesn't have a tail. He's a chimp. Yep. But uh, they had, uh, I'll give you a real example. Uh, in December of, uh, what year was it? Uh, 2019, 27 chimpanzees went up against seven gorillas in a fight that lasted about 79 minutes. Wow. And resulted in a helpless infant gorilla being killed and, um, you know, just torn apart for food kind of thing. Man, what happened? Did did one of the was there an anarchist gorilla that assassinated an archduke chimp? Nope, nope. What happened is that Luongo National Park has a, a you know set boundaries, but then outside those boundaries, there was you know another oh, like five or six miles on each side of just raw nature, just you know jungle. Okay, that the, so the animals could stay away from each other. They had plenty of resources. There was food for everybody. There was water for everybody. They got along just swimmingly. Now, those five, six miles have been turned into industri- basically strip malls. Hmm. And um, the second most strip, useless invention. Strip there. mines or strip malls? Strip malls. Oh, boy. Know? Yeah. Like, the, you know, where, where you used to go to get to your radio shack and stuff like that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So because of that, these animals have all been pushed into each other. Hmm. They're now, they now are really fighting for survival because they're fighting for these same resources in the same geographical area. And they have no, no way to expand that area because they're running into buildings and people and so on and so forth. Well, what's problem is the chimps are very intelligent. So they're working at the, at the stores in the strip mall and the gorillas, here comes a Karen gorilla demanding to see the chimp manager. And, and you know, it, it, uh, it all goes from there. Yeah. Um, the thing of it is, is gorillas aren't pretty much, in um, on, a, on a normal day, on a, on a good gorilla day, uh, they're very peaceful creatures. And uh, I can say this having uh, years ago, I was uh, in in, a, in Germany, and uh, I was dating a girl who worked at a zoo. And so we went after hours, and I got to go in and actually hug a gorilla. Okay. Um, which, by the way, by the way, is really illegal, and no one should do that. But <laughs> you're just you're just, but you didn't really do that. You're just making this up. No, no, I did it. Yeah. Yes, you did it. Wink. You're just you're just telling a story, or is no. this the statute of limitations over? Statute of limitations is way okay. over. On I, just, this one. I just didn't want to get in trouble, so I was saying like this is this is based on a true story, but actually fiction. But no, no it, but it you was can say it. it was 1984. Okay, you can say it. We'll go for it. Um, but yeah, anyway, so you know, the gorilla was like very friendly. It was comfortable. Uh, we were able to sit next to each other, and uh, she and I had a couple of beers. And the, the gorilla uh, the, had beers. No, the gorilla didn't have beers. Oh, uh, she okay. and I did. Uh, yeah, Deidre was her name. Anyway, uh, <laughs> your girlfriend or the gorilla? The the girlfriend. Okay. And, I'm so know, con- I'm her. so confused here. Yeah. All right. So yeah, Deidre the gorilla. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay. Uh, um, but yeah, we went in and she she was saying these are the friendliest creatures in the world just don't make any sudden moves. And when you see something that's like six foot tall, maybe five hundred pounds looking you in the eye, you go, okay, I, I can handle being calm here, mm-hmm. you know? Um, you know, so anyway, um, so then we did that. So, but getting back on point here, gorillas are very peaceful creatures. They're, they're, in the sure. scientists call them the gentle giants. Um, they're not your go-to for any sort of, and I know in the cartoons, they're like, oh, gorilla yeah. broad, come to kingdom. They're, but in the they're world, dropping like flaming barrels on Mario. Yeah, no, in, in the real world, they're just nice, just calm. They're just like, hey, man, just want to eat some fruit, you know, mm-hmm. maybe 
maybe grab some um, fried chicken. For some reason, they will steal that if you leave it out. Um, well, who doesn't like fried chicken? I don't know. You may have a point there. You may have a point there. Um, but anyway, you know, they're just like big, gentle creatures, and they, they're not violent. They're easy to get along with. And now park rangers, there's, you know, park rangers have these rules on how to protect the animals, how to keep the animals safe. They don't have a rule for how to get in between a fight between, you know, yeah. <laughs> creatures that are way up, to, like the baby female gorillas that are like four and a half feet tall and weigh 200 pounds. That's a lot of mass coming at you at one time. Right. And that's a low center of gravity. Right. And, you know, chimps are between like three and five feet tall and the males weigh up to about 150 pounds and they've got talons for fingernails, you know, so they're coming at you to kill. That's why uh, people always said, you know, chimps make very bad pets. Well, chimps, uh, chimps will bite your face off. Yes, they will. They will bite your face off. Especially if they get into bath salts. (laughs) No, that's only in Florida. Okay. But, uh, but uh, this has become a problem because they don't want to start tranquilizing like 30, 40, 50 animals simultaneously. No, no, no. You know, um, so they're, they're, it's, they're really having a problem there. And one of the scientists said, you know, the other problem that they're having is that the lack of genetic diversity, as well as the lack of uh, ranging areas, is causing a problem. Uh, there's some, some of the families of gorillas and some of the families of the chimpanzees are starting to be instead of the family tree, it's becoming more and more like a family stick mm. because they're being denied, you know, their, their options to roam. This is literally um, like a turf war. Yeah, it is. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I talked about ferrets before, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to spin back around on this because this is where it gets weird. Um, a black-footed ferret died a little over 30 years ago. Okay. That's not an interesting thing to say, but it's nevertheless true. Um, the regular black-footed ferrets are balancing on extinction. They, they've lost a lot of their genetic diversity for the same reasons as the, uh, the gorillas and the chimpanzees have. You know, they're just being hemmed in. And it's, it's uh, you know, it's getting tragic. So scientists, um, uh, what do we say here? I was trying to get the scientist's name. Uh, yeah. Mr. Furley. Uh, no, Pete Gober. Pete okay, Gober that's better. From the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. Oh, yeah, my friend uh, had a pet ferret named Mr. Furley. That's why that popped in my head. That's quite all right. Um, this ferret, they've nicknamed it Elizabeth Ann. I don't know why. Okay. Um, <laughs> but the reason I'm talking about a dead par- a parrot that's been 30 years dead. And you know, and I, I shouldn't him. say this, but uh, that was my ex's name. So. <laughs> and you're going to love this part. Okay. They figured out how to recom- recombine the DNA of the dead ferret and clone it. Hmm. So they can print new genetic material into the ferret population. Ooh, like 3D print a ferret? Yeah, basically. Wow. Basically. Um, you know, she's a, she's a genetic copy. They, they named the, the original dead ferret Willa. Again, no explanation. Mm-hmm. And the new dead ferret, the new living ferret, Elizabeth Ann. That's crazy. Um, but, um, yeah, the, the thing the thing of it is, is here's where things get weird. And you, you know me, if if, there, if I can find something to go, wait, what about this thing here that can go tragically wrong? Because yeah. humans, humans do the thing that goes tragically wrong all the time. Now, with the ferret, at least there are other black-footed ferrets that it can breed with and, you know, help the population. But you can do this exact same experiment with a woolly mammoth. Hmm. And and we have found woolly mammoth bones, and we could extract DNA from that. Interesting. 
Well, they've actually they found I think it was in China, but they found a, a woolly mammoth carcass that had been frozen, so it had still had skin and organs in it. Oh, I'm thinking so they, got, they found a they found a mastodon uh, at uh, Phillips Park in Aurora. Yeah, I, did they? I don't know. But you can find things everywhere these days. Yeah. Um, but the thing of it is, is that group of scientists are talking about uh, um, cloning the uh, woolly mammoth and releasing it into the wild. That's a bad problem, idea, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's a huge bad idea. Uh, first of all, woolly mammoths, although they look really cool when you know when you see them on TV. You know, with the long hair and the tusks and everything. And it's like, oh, that's a cool-looking animal. It's about a two-thirds the size of a natural elephant. And it would have no no cause in the universe to consider the elephant its friend or its ally or its anything. Well, it I mean, be. is what was the original habitat and what was the food source? How You know, does that exist for them? Not really, because they, they, they died out. You know, humans were still, you know working their way into cities, but they figured the last woolly mammoth died about 10,000 years ago. Okay. So we actually, by 10,000 years ago, human beings had started um, building cities, you know, small, small villages. Uh, they had uh, encampments. Um, they were starting to come together, you know. And um, so the woolly mammoth's uh, diet and everything would have been in the wild, uh where we don't really have forests large enough for them anymore. Um, but here we are, you know, doing that. So they're probably, and, you know, if they're in the forest, they're probably going to wind up like snacking on squirrels. Yeah. Um, we, we're not really sure what they ate, you know, because we're talking about carcasses that are over 10 to 20,000 years old. Yeah. A lot of stuff is, you know, it's, yes, it's got some sort of protein in there, but that's all you can tell. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're not working with really good information. Another thing they're looking at now to do is uh, start cloning horses. Why? No one knows. No there, one knows there, why they're there. There are, there are plenty of horses. Why do you need to clone horses? Because some very rich people who own very special horses want their horses cloned so they can just have uh, secretariat after secretariat okay. after secretariat. Well, okay. Yeah, I understand breeding the horses. Okay, but uh, I just I I don't know. Clone isn't cloning bad for horses because you're gonna the regular genetic lines and, and trees are just gonna die out if it's the same kind of horse over and over and over again well yeah the the, the other part is that uh, there's a there's a mathematical calculation for how many times a clone can be cloned again oh that's right and, yeah a clone and, of a clone and, of a clone is bad yeah once you get to five you're in trouble mm-hmm. um it, it's degraded so far that it's you're in trouble. Well, why don't they the movie, do do all five clones at once instead of you know cloning each each uh, subsequent generation? Well, because then they're all in one time frame. The, the the whole idea of cloning is to extend the life frame. Of, the whole idea of cloning in popular fiction and for some scientists is to extend the lifetime of the original clone. So if they if we made a, a new Ryan Gatenby, that Ryan Gatenby would come to be, sure. would be given all the information that Ryan Gatenby had, and even though the first Ryan Gatenby is gone. Like the ship of Thebes, which which one is until the real Ryan Gatenby? Because he keep going on and on and on, making more Ryan yeah. Gatenbys. Um, that's that's when you start getting into real problems with cloning because the degradation can be yeah severe. Um, but if you just the, had three cloned horses, you would wrap up the Preakness, you'd wrap up the Derby, you'd wrap up the Belmont. You'd be unbeatable yeah, if you had three secretariats. Yeah. It, um, the thing of it is, is they don't know, and that's another thing too. Is like, uh, would a horse like that be allowed to race? Um, because that's, you know, that's really picking and choosing there. Yeah. Um, so anyway, they, they, 
they're doing that. Another thing they're doing is prairie dogs, because um, farmers were killing them off because they thought they they made the land less less fertile and less available for vegetation and stuff. What, what about uh, prairie chickens? No, not prairie chickens. Prairie dogs. And um, the victims of habitat loss, ranchers would shoot and poison prairie dogs. Oh, they made them so they killed them all. But in so doing, they actually made the ranches less suitable for cattle. Because the ran- the ground was poisoned, you know. Well, I don't Bill, know why. We're going to have to get back to to poisoning and cloning and pick this up again next week because we're out of time. Uh, so I want everyone to uh, download the all-new Big Wake Up Call with Ryan Gatenby podcast. It would really help me out if you download that and subscribe. Check Bill out at uh, BillMcSciFi.com. Bill, thank you as always, and have a great weekend. You too. Take care, Ryan.